All right, well, it's so fun to be able to sing some of those um, great Christmas hymns and carols together with each of you. I want to spend just a few minutes this evening, as um, kind of before we wrap up here, just looking at one simple verse, one basic verse, which I think in, in many ways gets to really sort of the heart of what Christmas is all about. Um, and I think it, I don't know, Ed, you have it up on the screen there? At some point it'll pop up there, I'm sure. If it doesn't, I'll just read it for us. That's quite all right. Um, before I do that, though, um, you know, if you think about what Christmas is all about, uh, Christmas is all about bringing things which are at a distance together. It's all about bringing things together. As I was just thinking about this idea of things coming together, things that are seemingly distant from each other, um, I just did a random sort of search on Google to, to, to look up, you know, my mind instantly goes to all the different types of Christmas music that's out there. That every season there's new artists releasing new albums and you see duets coming together. You see people singing Christmas songs um, across virtually every genre of music. I was surprised to find out in my search that uh, Death Row Records actually has an album called Christmas on Death Row, produced by Shug Knight, featuring artists like Snoop Dogg and Nate Dogg. I thought it was really fascinating. I wouldn't recommend it necessarily. I mean, you might just be prepared before you listen to it. I don't know if I have the kids listen to it necessarily, but really fascinating. I mean, really, from every musical sort of genre, from Bing Crosby to Boys to Men, every musician out there, every genre has taken advantage of the opportunity of Christmas to make music or to make money. Right? These are genres that could be oftentimes world, uh, worlds apart, different backgrounds. But for Christmas, they've sort of found a way to come together and produce music. We see this also in food, all these strange combinations of food that really are sort of seasonal. Um, I found this chocolate orange mayonnaise. I don't know if you've seen this one before or not, but that's a, sort of a Christmas combination, very unusual. Many of us see this also with families. Maybe many of you are here today because you traveled across a great distance and divide to come and to be with your loved ones. Why? Because this is what Christmas is all about. This is what's important and unique. It's important and it's unique in our day and age. It's sort of around this time of year. Those things that are apart from each other, that are separated from each other, sort of gravitate towards one another. Things that are kept at a distance come together. It's what makes Christmas so unique, so special. Things that are far apart being brought near. This idea is really captured in this one verse found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. It says this, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Read one more time. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's what Christmas, this is the essence of Christmas. Simply put, because God came near to us, we can be brought near to God. Now as you look at that verse, the first thing that you have to notice is that it seems as though the verse is stating that there is distance. The verse assumes that there is distance. Now, just a few minutes ago, we listened to Ronnie read uh, to the children the verse, uh, the, the story out of the Jesus story of the Bible about the, the wise men. Very important characters in the nativity story, the Christmas story. 
and their characters, who we also see this idea sort of play out. The, this idea of that which is at, at a distance being brought near. If you're familiar with the story, you know that the wise men come from the east. Many thought that this would have meant Persia or, or now modern-day Iraq, which would make sense. Possibly they came from Babylon. We're not exactly sure where they came from. As the story goes, as it's been told many times, it's so that three people, three wise men are those who come near. We don't exactly know how many there were. We assume that there were three because there were three different gifts that were offered. There's a lot about these individuals that we, we just don't know. We don't know their names. We hear them in the story. They sort of disappear from the rest of the story afterwards. But what is clear? is that these individuals came from a far-off place, and they were in earnest in their desire to find the king of the Jews. The birth of Jesus was such a big deal that those who were far off drew near. Now, we see that concept in the Christmas story. And the truth is, we see that in our story as well. It's not just a feature in the nativity story. It's an aspect of our story as well. The verse says in Ephesians 2.13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off. See, the truth is, the reality is, apart from Jesus, this is our status. Our relationship with God is marked by a massive distance. Right before this verse in Ephesians 2.12, it talks about this distance. It says, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated. Listen to these words that describe the distance. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now that is some serious distance. That is some serious ground that needs to be covered. It separates us from God. And to sum it all up in verse 13, it simply says, you were once far off. See, folks, this is our reality apart from Christ. As a result of our sin, we are from birth separated from God. We are, as it were, at a distance. But sorry to stop there. Thank God it doesn't. The verse says that, but now. Now these are, be sure of it, some of the sweetest, most hope-filled words in all of the Bible. Declaring boldly that that which was far off could be brought near. The previous reality, marked by separation, alienation, being without hope in this world and, a, and apart from God himself, doesn't have to define us. But now signifies that there was an event where everything changed. Despite the hopelessness of our condition, in Christ Jesus, we can be united by faith in Him. We who were kept at a distance from God have been brought near. Not only to God, if you read this section, you'll also see that the nearness also involves one another. That this is what the power of the gospel does. It closes gaps 
The most massive being that between creation, us, and creator. But as he draws himself, himself near to us and as a result brings us to him, he also brings us together. This is the power of the gospel. The Christmas story is all about bringing things that were at a distance together. Because God came near, we can be brought near to God. This is the good news of the Christmas story. And the verse goes on and tells you precisely how he accomplishes that. How does he close the gap? How does he bring you and me who in our sin are far off? How does he bring us to himself? It simply says, by the blood of Christ. Two phases. Phase one, God himself took on flesh. God came near. I love how Eugene Peterson says it in the message. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. That's what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. On the first Christmas morning, he moved right in. He became like us so he could represent us, so he could sympathize with us, and so he could love on us. But unlike us, Jesus would live a life that was completely free of sin, totally spotless and without blemish, in total trust of his Father, step by step. But phase two of the story is not only did he draw near to us by taking on flesh, by the blood of Christ means not only did he take it on, but he also gave it up. How does he close the gap? He, he draws near to us, becomes one of us. And then, in the most amazing act of love that the world has ever seen, he dies for us. That life that we celebrate at Christmas morning that's so precious, that's so beautiful, God drawing near, that life, God gave up so he could save you, so he could save me, so he could close the distance. God came near to us so he can bring you near to him. Now just going back to that story of the wise men, I love in sort of the, the closing scene of that particular story, we see that there's sort of three responses that the wise men have as that scene draws to a close. The first is when they get done um, with their dealings with King Herod, we're told that they continue on their journey. And immediately after that, we see that the star that they've been following emerges in the sky and sort of settles over the place where the Bible says that Jesus was. And their response as they discovered the proximity of the Creator, that He was near. The Bible says they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. When they discovered that God came near, they filled up with joy, rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And this was a totally appropriate response for them. And took 2,000 years later, it's a completely appropriate response for us as well. As we make the same discovery that God came to us in our filth and our sin to save us, to rescue us, the immediate response from us should be abundant joy. 
Because we know we don't deserve it, right? We know what we're guilty of. We know the sin in our life. And in spite of that, because of that sin, God drew near to us. Secondly, we discover that not just did they rejoice in their joy, but they also worshipped him. As they discovered him in that place where he was, they fell down, the Bible says, and they began to worship him. They gave him gifts that they had brought from afar. And this is what worship looks like. It was a costly worship. It wasn't cheap. It wasn't casual. They gave lavish and expensive gifts. There's lots of speculation about what those gifts might have symbolized, the gold, the frankincense, the myrrh. While we can't know for sure what their meaning is, we can know that their worship, the discovery that God gave himself to them, caused them to become a giving people as well. It's one of the reasons why many of us will go home tonight or maybe tomorrow morning and we will participate in giving. Because there's true joy. There's, there's true joy in giving. The one who gave everything for us turns his people into a giving people. And then third, what do they do after that? We're told that they simply go home. They continue living what I would guess would just be a normal life. But not normal in this sense. Not normal in the fact that they discovered that God came. They got to love them and drew near to them so that they could be with him. Every one of us, I mean, I don't know, if Christmas for you lasts a week. When you, step, you know, celebrate with your different families, when you get done traveling. You know, the reality is in about a week, two weeks, we're going to just be back to sort of clocking in, clocking out, going to school, picking up and dropping off the kids, whatever normal looks like for you. But the reality of Christmas, the truth that God came near to us, should, should change what normal looks like. The joy, the worship, simply the way that we live our lives and give ourselves should follow his example as he lived for us and gave immensely for us as well. Christmas is an incredibly special time of year. It's incredibly special. It's time when we celebrate greatest distance that ever existed, being closed, God and man, by God himself, so that you and I can be near to him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that in your great love, you came to us. You lived and walked among us. Lord, and you gave yourself up for us. Lord, and I pray that uh, just as we reflect on the reality of the incarnation this evening, this weekend, Lord, I pray that we would be people um, who are forever changed. But I pray that if there's anyone in this room who's never discovered um, Jesus for themselves, Lord, I pray that, that even tonight, um, Lord, that you would prompt their spirit, Lord, that you would prick their heart, and that you would draw them to yourself, Lord. You are the God, after all, who comes near to us, Lord. And we give you thanks and praise for that. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.